Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to another episode of Have We Made It Yet? Josh. Welcome. I yes. can't believe it. <laughs> what? This is episode 13. Oh, we don't speak about episode 13. It's unlucky. Unlucky. That and like that and whenever we do a Mandarin or Chinese version, episode four, that's also the unlucky one. Oh yeah, so the next one we can't even say the say the number then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, I mean you know, there is also Lucky 13, so this could also be Lucky episode. That could be it. That could be it. Um, yeah. Uh, so, welcome to another episode of uh, Have We Made It Yet? Uh, I am your host, with, along with my co-host. I am the actor portion of this podcast. And Josh? I am the Josh portion of this podcast. <laughs> uh, it's uh, the comedian portion, uh, Josh Yang. Awesome. And as we like to start off with every episode as yeah. a, as a how, how, how should we call it? As a reminder of what this podcast is about, Mr. Josh Yang, have you made it yet? No, I have not. But, you know, now that May is, we're in the month of May, uh, the, what I, you know how I did the Fresh Rice uh, showcase in January? Yeah. It was all recorded and all, it was all nice. Supposedly, that should be released this month. So Ooh, that's Josh. what I'm looking for. Nice. Yeah, that's Getting the one thing. Footage. So I'll look, I'll, look, I'll look nice and in HD and in front of... Uh, so that's the one thing I'm, I've been looking forward to all year since nice. this shit happened. Nice. Yeah. Dude, it's always so much better when you have footage of yourself so you can like send it to agents and at least I get know. some cool booking gigs. It's a start. It's a start for sure. But uh, Lucas, Lucas, very important question. Have mm-hmm. you made it yet? No, I have not. But I signed up for oh. my first Zoom acting classes, which are actually based in Vancouver. It's, oh. With this acting coach that like, my friends in Vancouver swear by. So I'll be starting that in early May. So might as well get, get this going, get the mind going while we're under quarantine. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also bought into the, the master class. You know, those. Yeah, I ended up uh, splitting one with my roommate, and I've been looking into the Aaron Sorkin screenwriting one. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I was surprised. The man writes a great script, but um, listening to him teach and, and oh. talk, it's kind of hard. He he's got a lot of he's got a lot of us and ums in there, so it's uh, it's interesting to hear him speak though. But, yeah, I swear. Sometimes like it's a different skill set. The doers do. The teachers teach. Like and Aaron Sorkin is a doer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like today we actually have a really cool guest. You would yes, not believe it. Okay, so just a heads up with with everyone else that's listening there uh, with this next guest. So her and I we first met when we were in university, and we did an uh, anti smoking PSA for our university project. It, it it was a pretty wild like filmmaking process that had us making one full movie in a span of literally a day. Um, but only to realize that after we had finished like our first ver- version of that movie, that uh, none of it actually matched the criteria of, of, of the project. But that's showbiz, really? baby. Yeah. So we made a whole new one. And that's when I knew that the guest that we have coming up on was an incredibly talented filmmaker who is adaptable and can just really roll with the punches. So shortly after we all graduated from SFU, we're... Also, you went to the SFU. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, Simon Fraser University for our non-Vancouver listeners there. Um, she then worked with Raindance Vancouver, 
she co-directed the Vancouver Short Film Festival and continues to write short scripts. Yeah, continues to write short scripts that are eventually being made into films. Um, She's actually currently moved to Toronto where she currently works uh, on a new exciting show on the CBC. So she's a multi-talented filmmaker, writer, producer, actor, director on indie films such as Gongju and The Things I Couldn't Say. Um, So let's give it up for Flatina. Yay. Yay. Ha 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 ha. It's actually <laughs> Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for that intro, Luca. Oh, no problem. Your your IMDB writes for itself. It's like it's stacked, man. Uh, well, it's all like <laughs> student films and stuff, but thank you. <laughs> um yeah, so it's um Okay, first off with any of our podcast questions. Selena, have you made it yet? No, and you guys have caught me on a great day for this because I was going through a total existential crisis and I was trying Uh, to write and yeah, I was getting really frustrated. So happy to be here. have not made it yet. (laughs) Um, Check back in 10 years. You know what? 10 years in 2030, it will be a totally different decade. Hopefully not another pandemic, though. Hopefully not. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll just be making movies and TV shows about the pandemic. That'll just yeah. be what happens in 2030. So, yeah. You know, I'm so not excited for any of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We yeah. lived through it. We don't want to live through it again. Yeah. It's so yeah. true. It's like, imagine if like we actually did have like a meteoroid like destroy our planet and we have to watch armageddon it's like mm. <laughs> errol smith did not write a song about us come on oh man it's gonna be it's gonna be odd also in my mind like any tv show that like we see or movie that we see that doesn't mention coronavirus then you're almost going to assume it's pre-2020 and anything yeah. that has a little mention is just gonna be post-2020 it's like 9-11 like anything you mentioned about 9-11 pre-9-11 post-9-11 you know when the when that's set pretty much oh totally even when you watch friends old episodes of friends and you see the intro and the twins t- twin towers and you're like oh okay. right, yeah yeah before so 9-11 Zee, i understand yes. that you've had some weird dreams and since i'm the guest on this show i'll go first <laughs> okay <laughs> okay go for it <laughs> uh, so wait wait we're, we're, we're oh there, there it is there it is there's my notepad um is that your dream journal yeah 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 which also versatiles as my like script idea journal it's a lot of things i like it thank you uh so dream two nights ago in cousin's house go up to older cousin's room the room is a lot bigger now it's darker beds all lined up in the room cousins older friends all sleeping over Flash to a hockey player's face that gets beaten up. I get sidetracked into the boards. I get back to my cousin's house. I sit on a couch. Girlfriend now sitting beside me. I hit the couch in angst. I say, I miss it. She asks, who? I say, not a person, but a time. I wake up. Your dream played out like a screenplay? It sounds very screenplay. Cut to. <laughs> Cut to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These dreams have been do fun. You, mm-hmm. Do you play hockey? No, not at all. No, no. Weird. Uh-huh. So, Lucas, what do, you, what do you think that means, and how is it related to sex? I miss it. Interesting. Are you are you guys abstinent right now so you don't get the virus? Uh, right now it's well it's it's before that. Right now, you know, sex before marriage is sin is a sin. Right. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's like, of course. This is a Christian podcast. So right. oh, I worship Satan. So this is gonna be really awkward. You know what's funny? I've been realizing and I was thinking of this yesterday, Satan is so in vogue right now. 
Oh, he's amazing. He's like, we're like, we're like this. Uh, yeah. He's really smart. Um, yeah. Actually, I saw a meme and it was like, just so you guys know, like, God is the one that sends all the pandemics, not Satan. <laughs> Satan brings like the metal concerts. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. I haven't seen And the so orgies. And, oh, the best. But have an experience one because it's abstinence. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, but you, hold on. You have a, you, you actually have a live-in girlfriend. So you're like, you, you shouldn't be having, you, the absence shouldn't be your problem. It's my problem. My, my roommate's a guy. So it's not me. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, do you, Josh? Like, that's cool. Yeah. We were good friends, but you know, can't really do that because we're both not, we're, we're both straight. But anyways. <laughs> you guys cuddle? Wow, that's please. Go. No, I've only shaved. I've only shaved his head. That's as intimate as we've gotten. It's pretty romantic. Yeah, yeah. yeah a little. It's almost like Ghost, where you kind of like. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Shaved the head of it. Yeah. Did you come I from? Had a realization if you. Oh. Well, well, yeah, because that'd be more awkward if you were looking dead on shaving the head. Wouldn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's like very army police academy yeah 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 sorry z i cut you off what were you about to say oh that's okay no i had a realization a couple days ago because i'm (laughs) long distance with my partner right now and Mm. i haven't like touched anyone (sighs) since march march 2nd say what yeah yeah march 2nd no no hugs no handshakes yeah not even the not even the usual like greet handshake pat on the back that like, yeah we used to all do <laughs> have you at least like double dab someone no nope. uh. well i've barely left my house too i've become a total shut-in i've just been like you know chanting to satan and doing my thing the usual <laughs> slaughter and yeah sacrificial <laughs> virgins yo i think yeah. you this truth though man oh that's awesome yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's very, very. I'm wearing Han Solo. Oh, Han Solo, and it says I only wow. fly solo. <laughs> that's my qu- quarantine shirt. Nice. Uh, let's see. Have you had any dreams lately? Oh yes, many. Okay. Many, many, <laughs> but they're all boring. They're all just like me at work or like me walking down the street. I think I just miss normal life, and my brain's like. We'll just put this in your dreams because you're not able to do any of this stuff now. Yeah, um, that's the fantasy now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm outside. <laughs> I'm at a movie theater. This is amazing. <laughs> I did have a dream, though. I had one where my boss was, like, obsessed with macrame. And if you knew him, you would know that he, that's not, like, that'd be so weird. But I kept trying to find rope to make macrame like designs for him, uh-huh. and I couldn't find any rope. And I was just like running around trying to find rope. And then I woke up and I was like, "I've never done macrame in my life. I don't even know what kind of rope you're supposed to use." Yeah, Josh, who knows? Are Are you going to ask the question? Oh, the the question. Am I going to wait? I thought I get. Aren't we sharing dreams? I thought it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought we were on the same wavelength about what's macrame. Oh, that's. <laughs> it's like. Oh, macrame is where you do the. Oh, you know. Thing with the oh. yarn. Yeah, it's like a yarn thing. And then it's not just you can make objects out of macrame. Is that right? Yeah, you can make like flower pots, hanging flower oh, yeah. pots. And like people always have macrame hangings on their walls. Lucas, you should know this. This is like very. Everyone knows what macrame is. Oh my God, you showbiz types. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a showbiz type. What is that? Pretentious knitters. I call it knitting like the everyday man. It's not knitting, though. It's macrame. It's fancy knitting. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, uh, dreams. I guess we're, well, I mean, like, I think you mentioned we're talking about dreams because that's, like you've heard a lot of people have weird dreams during quarantine and mm-hmm. less stimulation and stuff. But uh, I guess I can't, I don't usually remember a lot of my dreams 
a couple hours after I have them in the morning. But I do remember whenever I do have one, there's some ongoing plot lines that I've had over the years that periodically pop up in my head. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like there's there's one that's like a zombie one that happens. There's always a couple post-apocalyptic ones. Uh-huh. Then there's other ones where like your parents die and then you oh. have to, you have to live with that for a while in your dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for some of them, I've, I've discovered this ability where if I have a dream and it's getting to an interesting point in the plot and I happen to wake up, I'll try to force myself to go back to sleep so I can restart it. And it usually works. It usually really? works where I can restart it from where it is, where it's going, and then have it keep playing. I can never do that. I wanted to get back to my macrame dream because I really wanted to make something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't get back to it. Yeah, so- first. For some reason, it only happens in the mornings when, I, when I'm like in the thick of it and then I wake up. It's like, oh, no, what happens next? And then I force myself to, to dream and see what happens next. Wait, not everybody can do that? No, you're a magician. Oh, yeah, you're well, a magician. There's, there's something called... The... Oh, hey. Yeah, they, they've <laughs> killed witches for less. It's true. Yeah. I would know. I, I was a witch in a past life, so... Yeah. Um, but no, there are people who do like transcendental dreaming or I yeah. forget what it's actually called, but they like purposely make themselves do things in dreams. Yeah, lucid And they dream. can control it. Lucid dreaming, that's the name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, you know what, now that I think about it, sometimes I did change the plot when I was aware of it. Yeah. What? Oh, maybe, huh. Yeah. I have, to, I have to definitely try it again next time. Next time oh, it dude, it's, it's the best, man. Like, oh. The crazy things you would do, Josh. No, I would just resolve the plots. It would just be things that were, <laughs> things that were confusing to me. It's like, that doesn't make sense. I'll make them actually have a reason for doing that. Oh, my God. That's probably what I would do. You'd be the most... Yeah, whatever, boring. whatever. You'd be the most boring patron in Westworld, man. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'd probably be a <laughs> traitor. I'd probably go from town to town, you know... Yeah doing the economics and dealing with the financing everything like that. That's probably what I would do. But um, I guess we should get back on topic a little bit. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. This isn't a dream analyzing podcast? Fuck. Yeah, we're going to have a... I, I've yet to have that where a, with a dream where I'm doing a podcast within the dream. It would be like a dream cast. I don't know. This is anyway, a dream. It's all a dream. Um, but yes, okay, so we, we got the big question out that have we, have you made it yet? Um, no. <laughs> to, uh, I guess to change things up, like when you started on the path of like going into film and uh, writing and directing, um, do you remember what your idea of making it was when you started out? I, hmm. I was like, yeah, when I get to the Oscars, I'll have made it. <laughs> There you go. And now I'm like, okay, well, um, <laughs> maybe we'll backtrack a little bit. I think I had a goal I wrote in my goal diary. I was like, get to the Oscars by the time I'm 30. And I'm, I'm currently 30, turning 31 this year. So, nope. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm 32, Thank man. Thank you. Like, it ain't, yeah. But oh. also my perception of making it has changed. Now I'm like... If I get my name on a script of television, like an episode, I'll be fine with that. Oh. There you go. Okay. So it's, so it's uh, Mel changed to, yeah, definitely for me, it's also the same thing. When I, my idea of the comedy when I started going into it last year to like just even doing a couple shows in, I really yeah. had to change my expectations. I was like, oh yeah, I can get on Just for Laughs in like a year or so. It's like, no, no, it takes a while to get on Just for Laughs. But um, have you, did you ever find that, like, you were, like, frustrated, definitely frustrated that you felt like things should be moving quicker? And, and it's like, oh, I guess I should be laboring at this for mo- a few more years before I can even start expecting anything. Yeah. No, I, I get, like, I'm, like, a huge brat when it comes to career. And I get so frustrated oh. and really impatient. And so I've been trying to practice that and just be like, okay, whatever, just be happy with where you're at. Uh, don't compare yourself to other people because that's yeah 
I fall down the rabbit hole a lot and I'm like, why can't I do this? I just finished watching this show, Dave. Have you guys heard oh, of it? Yeah. You told it me is it. Yeah. so freaking good. And I yeah. finished the last episode today and I was like, well, I guess I quit because I'm never going to be able to write anything as good as this. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave is actually a really interesting story because like I've seen some of the behind the scenes in him describing his beginning, right? Like he went all in. He like s- spent a bunch of his bar, bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah? Am I? Bar yeah. Mitzvah? For a second there, I thought I, s- I said it wrong. But uh, he spent some of that money on like YouTube equipment and doing the YouTube game like I think like mid to late 20s or something. And then mm. just continued doing that. And for some reason, his first couple things got popped up. And I remember listening to his, a friend of mine from high school showing me one of his songs. And like, I got his, his shtick like right away. And I thought it was, it was brilliant. And yeah. like to see him get to where he is now is actually pretty crazy. No. I know. And it, he, he touches on that a bit in the show. Yeah. With the bar mitzvah money. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I'm so, so mad at him for being so amazing. I'm like, screw you, little dicky. Like, <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm quitting. I'm quitting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, before you quit, before you quit, we got to finish this interview, okay? Okay. Right. Come on, come on. After this. <laughs> okay, okay. Like, we know that you're a multi-talented artist. Like, you're a, you're a writer, producer, director. You even dabbled in acting, too, and everything. Oh, um, Yeah. <laughs> which are your skill sets like do you appreciate the most and and is there a skill set that you don't like to do at all um so I think early on I was like I'm gonna try everything I'm gonna see I was helping out friends um in independent film in Vancouver with like publicity because my communications degree I was like yeah sure I'll dabble in that and then yeah and then slowly I was like no I want to be making my own stuff so I tried directing hated it tried producing, also hate it. Um, and I kind of landed on writing and I was like, this is what I need to be doing. Okay. A- acting scares the crap out of me. I don't know how you guys do it. Like stand in front of a camera. Yeah. Right. And then Josh, you in front of a crowd, like, yeah, yeah. it's speaking your truth. <laughs> I think it's, it is interesting to, did I freeze? I froze. Didn't I? No. Oh, Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, I think it it is interesting to, to figure out what you feel like you're good at. And then the things, the things that you're good at somehow helps you in the field that you're in. And that obviously like leads you to going down that path. Like Mm -hmm. for me, for some reason, like just because when it comes to public speaking or like getting a few jokes across in front of an audience, for some reason, like I'm able to relax and be a lot more comfortable in front of an audience when I'm Mm. up there when like I know that for a lot of people that's a huge uh, hurdle to jump over when starting comedy is just being comfortable on stage but for some some reason it comes a lot more naturally to me and I'm very thankful for that because that that at least puts the timeline up a little quicker than if I was like not comfortable on stage at all and then had to like work through that for the first couple of years before actually getting down to the writing and the and and like really crafting the the comedy, mm-hmm. so I think that that's the one thing I'm thankful for. Um, for I guess for you, when it comes to like writing, like what was the first thing that really sparked your sparked your interest that you know is like okay, this is the one I'm gonna choose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just always felt the most comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Directing was scary because there was so many people just looking to you for answers. And I was like, I don't know all the answers yet. I'm like, I like to take my time and think. And um, directing was very much, it felt almost like improv where you were just like, people were looking to you to say something and you had to kind of just spit out whatever was top of the mind. Um, And then producing is just like, I love organizing. I love logistics, but it's so much of that that it kind of takes all the creative fun out of it. And I'm sure like if you got a chance to be more of a creative producer, which I didn't in, in the experiences I had, uh, it might be more fun, but yeah, it was just uh, too much paperwork. (laughs) (laughs) So writing is very well suited to me just because I like being alone in a room, drinking Uh tea, typing away. 
to my invisible friends <laughs> in my brain. Um, but yeah, now that I'm in a, in a writer's room, it's kind of my perception of that has changed. Like writing, the idea of writing is, is different to me. Okay. So, but I still really like it. I'm happy I chose this path. Awesome. And, and as, as you continue to write your own scripts and everything, your own screenplays, uh, what, what can you say, what genre or what type of characters really inspire you to write according to that type of, uh, story? Mm. I actually, so I've been doing a lot of online, um, like screenwriting lessons and videos. And there's this guy named Corey Mandel and he recorded a couple of really great, uh, free videos. I think he trains screenwriters professionally. Um, and he does a really good job of it. Apparently he has a great reputation. And I watched one of his videos and it was like, the what, what are you writing? And what is your brand? And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to think about this. And I nailed it down and it's so niche. And like, people are going to be like, no one's going to watch that. But mine's horror comedy, okay. half hour, half hour horror comedies that are coming of age stories about young girls. So like, Chilling Adventures nice. of Sabrina, kind of, but yeah. not. Yeah. Okay. So, good luck finding works, Latina. <laughs> Create that space. That sounds awesome. I'd watch that. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I love horror. That's my, that's probably my favorite thing to watch. And then comedy and diving into the comedy world more, but I've always gravitated to, to comedy just because mm. who doesn't like to laugh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's better to have it niche because at least your focus is on something that even as you were describing it, I was thinking what I could compare that niche to and I couldn't think of that many things. So I think writing content that way, at least it's something so different and unique that people will, will at least pay, I think, a little more attention to it. Uh, definitely that setting yourself sense. apart must be the toughest toughest part of like writing stuff yeah i think so i think i met with this one agent and he told me he was like you need to find your voice and so ever since i met with him i'm like i need to find my voice <laughs> and um i haven't found it yet have not still looking for it i feel like i feel like ariel in the little mermaid when ursula steals her her voice and i'm like where's my ursula where <laughs> who took my voice and where is it Aww. yeah so i'm still trying to figure that out Okay. Have, I, I assume you've, have, have you seen Shaun of the Dead then? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a, yeah. I recently rewatched it and I re re forgot how good it was in terms of its jokes, but it's so tight and the, oh. and the structuring and layout of the recurring jokes is so good. That I know. is like, that's definitely like what, that was the first thing I thought of when you said uh, horror comedy, that's always the first thing I, I would think of. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally right. Um, I also just watched Jennifer's Body. Oh, the Megan yeah. Fox right. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it was actually filmed in my high school, weirdly enough. Oh, cool. But yeah, um, Diablo Cody, I feel like, is someone I would want to emulate. Like, super kind of just quirky and weird. And uh, <laughs> yeah. this, it, was a, it was a good film, actually. I was surprised it didn't get more good publicity. You just reminded me, yeah, um, I guess, what we do in the shadows. I freaking so that that one. That's uh, that's one of the shows right now that I'm trying to write a spec for. Oh, nice! And that's why I today I was like, "Fuck this!" Like, I'm never gonna be as funny as these humans. Why are they so funny? Uh -huh. Oh man! <laughs> it's just like the jokes are so. Uh, yeah, I can't. Mm -hmm. I can't deal with it. Oh too good God. i know yeah what what we do in the shadows like after i think the first no i remember the opening scene where taika waititi comes out of the uh the coffin that i knew immediately that this was my kind of show nice. just it was the the sensibility of where they're coming from was mm -hmm. so perfect in terms of uh satirizing that whole thing and I always love me some Flight of the Concords, so. Oh, yeah. I know. I have a funny story about, do you guys know in the movie What We Do in the Shadows, the weird, creepy vampire, Peter? Yeah, I actually haven't yeah, seen yeah. that The movie. old one? Okay. Oh, my God, Lucas. Oh, you gotta, you gotta well, anyway, watch it. 
there's this creepy vampire Peter that like lives in their basement. Um, but I had him as my screensaver on my computer because I was in love with him. And you were then in love with him. I love like he was just so gross and weird looking, and I was like, oh my god, Peter is mine. Um, but then I was, uh, my friends and I were making a horror short that I had written, and my friend Amy directed it, and we were trying to find one of our cast members, one of the mm-hmm. guys. And we got this oh. random message from this guy in New Zealand. And he was like, hey, I submitted um, to your casting and I also donated to your Indiegogo. And we looked him up and it was the actor who played Peter. And so we were like, oh my God, my computer is magic. And so I made my background money because wow. we were like, we need money. <laughs> Maybe my computer will bring us money. <laughs> To make the film, it it didn't work, and we didn't get Peter in the end, but it was still cool. Too too funny. You manifested that. I know. Destiny stuff. It was my MacBook Air. (laughs) That's what did it. Thank Uh, you, Apple. Yeah. Holy Uh, magical computers. Man. Um, What what was the name of that short? Like, like I think, or did you hear that? Oh, it's sorry. My computer's haunted. Oh, okay. Well. okay. <laughs> no, what, what, what happened? That short. Oh no, I just heard like a. Brrr. Oh. Like a crinkle. It was weird. Um, but yeah, what was the name of that short that uh, you you had produced? Um, your it's called record? camp. Oh. Okay. Uh, it's called camping trip. And yeah, it, I wrote it when I was mad at my boyfriend. So it's about a girl who <laughs> takes her boyfriend out. Uh, to like a secluded forest in a trailer and then gets her brother to kill him. Damn. Yeah. It's not wow. a comedy. It's a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's fucking that's, dark. I think that that's always interesting in my mind when it comes to like uh, you're in your relationships because com- comedians use a lot of like what goes on in their lives. So if they talk about, uh, this girlfriend or, uh, my wife, like the wife has to be okay with, you know, being shit talked on stage. Mm-hmm. I guess it's the same thing with like writers. It's like, if you write something like very oddly specific to your, your significant <laughs> other, that could be a, a different level. It's like, what's going on here? Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, he was a bit afraid for a while, but I reassured him that I wasn't taking him on any camping trips. <laughs> Fuck, man. Damn. Um, so we know, like, one of your major experiences has been Crazy Eights and everything back in Vancouver. Oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) so that was your, I guess, was that your first foray into, like, directing in a really intense film? Because just to give our listeners a brief run through, like, can you explain the premise of Crazy Eights? Yeah, I actually just, I have to, um... Uh, interject before I actually just wrote it I didn't Mm. direct that one Um, yeah it was an interesting experience so crazy eights it's an eight-day filmmaking competition in Vancouver and what you do is um, a whole bunch of people submit ideas video pitches and then the judges for crazy eights pick I think 40 people to pitch in person and Mm. then so we were one of the people who pitched in person and then from the 40 um 10 are chosen to write their scripts and so those 10 submit their scripts and then from the 10 they pick six uh to make their films in eight days and you get a thousand bucks and a whole bunch of in-kind um services so we got like like william f white sponsors all the camera packages we had lighting packages and so we had professional grade equipment and uh we had mentors we had jem gerard as our directing mentor and she just did vagrant queen in south africa and i think it's on fx or hulu now nice um and she actually was a crazy it's alum so like it's a really intense filmmaking experience it's really great but it's yeah you have three days to shoot five days for post and you don't sleep (laughs) in Uh, that one week and like something goes wrong every time like we had i think when we were doing our sound mix um at postmodern sound i believe it was uh the power went out and so and we had to get 
the final film to the to finale post at like 6 p.m. And we were like, we're not going to manage this. So unfortunately, our sound was a bit messed up, uh, which sucked. But it was a fun experience. We got to work with professional actors too, like actual union, amazing humans that have been in big things. And yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Um, is Cause it does sound like extremely intense in terms of eight day turnaround that you have to film post and everything like that too. Um, would you do it again? No, <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I learned a lot. I think the yeah. biggest thing I learned is uh, don't work with your friends. Oh, well, that's okay for our listeners. Can you repeat that again emphatically? Don't work with your friends. If it's a high pressure, like work with them if it's a fun passion project, um, but don't work with them if it's a high pressure thing. Or just be open enough to know that you can be super honest with each other before you start. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I generally agree with that when it comes to, uh, yeah, most things I would say don't. Don't like shit where you eat, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun. It was really fun. I actually preferred our our EPK was done by this girl named Jenny Kim, and she's amazing. And she, like, the behind the scenes video is just way better than the, the film we made. <laughs> oh yeah. So. <laughs> oh wow. I think I think it's on my YouTube, so people should check it out. So, so is it like an apocalypse now, heart of darkness type of thing? Where yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. But she made it so that I was like, because our our uh, movie was about a girl who's death incarnate, but she doesn't know she's death. And when she dances, people die, and she just wants to dance, but she's like, "Why are people dying when I dance?" Anyway, um, she made me be get possessed. She in her video in the EPK, mm-hmm. so like the behind the scenes is me acting crazy and then people trying to figure out what's wrong with me oh my god that's so awesome yeah uh in terms of like the turnaround time you said you didn't sleep at all during that so what time was used for rest and to like get back onto the next day um geez i think we had like 12 or 13 hour days shooting and so my producer, Chris McRoney, and I would get home pretty late. He was doing everything. Like he, usually Crazy Eights films have at least three producers, I think. He was oh. our only producer. And so he was managing groups of like 150, 200 crew a day. Oh that would not oh, be shit. okay in COVID times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not allowed anymore. Oh. Um, and so he was just, and he was dealing with the budget. He was dealing with crafty. Like he did everything. So we're super indebted to him but um yeah I don't think he slept at all I would sleep probably like five hours a night or something which isn't too bad and then get back to it during post we were like sleeping at our editor's house pretty Mm. much yeah yeah that makes sense yeah why do people want to be in this industry still blows my mind For the unreasonable hours and the terrible conditions. Yeah, so that you can go on podcasts and talk about it. (laughs) This is where the money's at. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Showbiz, baby. (laughs) It's super glamorous. Yeah, yeah. I see that Han Solo shirt. Yeah, yeah, represent. Represent. Um, He's so so, handsome. I know, I know. I'm I'm finally watching The Mandalorian right now. um, Oh, I still haven't seen it. I feel like I've seen all the Baby Yoda memes, though. That's all I need to see. This is uh, yeah. my other boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. So the main thing is right now you're in Toronto. Right now yeah. you are. can't believe you're actually on the other side of Canada right now. And, and it's amazing because, like, I remember, like, you and I, we used to be in Vancouver and everything like that. And then when you actually told me you're coming to town, I couldn't believe it. Um, but I really, know. It's so nice. Uh-huh. Uh, what prompted you to make the move to Toronto? Mm. Um, I got a job offer here nice. um, on on this CBC show, and I obviously was like, "Yeah, of course." Nice. <laughs> like, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought they were I thought they were joking with me when they called me about it. I was like, "Yeah, that's it. Thank you for punking me. That's great. Yeah, sure, sure, I'll come to Toronto." And then, yeah, it, it worked out. So. 
I'm here. I'm really liking it. Um, and I think there's a lot more opportunity for what I want to do in terms of writing. Um, especially as someone who's just starting out, there aren't that many rooms in Vancouver. So super grateful to be here, terrified every day that I'm going to screw everything up and they're going to be like, why did we hire this idiot? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But no, I like it here. I'm still, I'm like, I've been like calling Drake to see if I can be his roommate and he hasn't responded. So. Oh, he's got plenty of rooms. He should respond to. I know. Like, stop being so greedy, Drake. Yeah, it's penthouse. My goodness. Oh, God. Uh, Have you seen that Tussy Slide video? Man, he has so many rooms in there. Yeah. I know. And he has a basketball court. Yeah. Like. I totally forgot. You're actually really. I love Drake. Yeah, yeah, true. Straight up. Yeah, I am. I am. I've been watching The Last Dance. Oh, yeah. On Netflix. Oh, my God. So that's been motivating me. I see how hard these basketball players work. And I'm like, right. I'm like, Michael Jordan wasn't that good when he first started as well as like a teen. Um, but he worked so hard. And I was like, you know what? I can be a shitty writer now, but I'm going to work my butt off. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my but then God. in comes little Dickie who ruined my life. So, uh, man, I think that that's interesting. Um, how I think a lot of people within the the industry feel that way when it comes to like writers, like when you see somebody write something truly great, you're always in awe, but also like just hate them with a, with a cerebral hatred that it's also both respect. It's, it's like, um, uh, Donald, I remember that reminds me of like Donald Glover speaking. Not only that Donald Glover, who by himself is multi-talented, unbelievable. But then Mm. like he goes to the, BAFTA Awards and pre- presents an award to Phoebe Waller-Bridge and he was like I just w- after he watched Fleabag even he was like I f- hate her so much because she wrote something this good that kind of thing it's so rude it's so rude when people yeah. are brilliant yeah sheesh why can't we just live in a communist state where no one could be anything yeah you know what my parents will kill me. They'll be like, Zlati, are you promoting communism? <laughs> we escaped that in 1989. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, but yeah, so with your, with your uh, new job with the Inside the Writer's Room, are you, mm-hmm. um, how did you feel like in terms of like going in there, uh, especially now that like, you get to see how a lot of different writers who have been doing a lot more, like what was something that really struck you as like changing your perspective on that? Um, I think I, I just realized, I didn't realize how collaborative TV was mm. before this experience. Um, like my first time in a writer's room, I was like, Oh, it isn't just people like typing away, like idiots, Latina. I was like, Oh yeah, no, it's people actually like talking to each other and pitching ideas and, <sighs> Um, working together to build build the world. So that was kind of nice. I was like, oh, you have allies in this situation. You're not just alone trying to make something happen. Um, so that, and like, I don't know, I've had a really positive experience, so I can't complain. I've heard of people who have gone, gone in and it's been really hard for them and it's been really cliquey, but maybe it's because I'm in a Canadian room. Everyone's so friendly. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've heard of like horror stories about people on SNL talking about how competitive it's about getting um, getting sketches up in terms of how you pitch and then getting to work with certain writers and eventually will get you some screen time and everything. But it's oh, like that. Yeah, but it sounds like on your side, it does sound like a really a unified workforce that's that's trying to make the best story possible. Totally. That's how it feels. And I mean, I'm like... The stakes are pretty low for me. I'm I'm a script coordinator, so they know I'm brand new and they know that I don't know anything. So it's nice. I feel like a baby, which is <laughs> exciting. A baby that can type. Uh, yeah. So it's, yeah, no, I'm, I feel super lucky that this is my first experience. And I was talking to a friend of mine who just got a job working for Jordan Peele in LA. Like, mind blown. I know. I'm like, okay, you're amazing. Like, have fun without me. Um, and 
she was like, well, it's good that you are doing this now here in Canada instead of yeah. going to, to LA and not knowing how a writer's room mm. works. And like, just, yeah, it's good to get your, your legs first, your writing legs. Yeah, I, um, that's what I hear. Cause last year during the uh, JFL 42 comedy festival in Toronto, I went to one of their writers panels and they had uh, a bunch of Canadian writers who were talking about the industry and what, some of the a lot of them said was like the the opportunities within Canada are so little there's only like two real players in the game um I think it's like CTB Bell and um CBC just Mm. those two guys if you work with one of them and then you know you're done working with them you can only work really for the other guy so like just in terms of like I think for you just getting with that writer's room and getting a credit on that I think that's already like a level that's so hard for a lot of different people to get into. And like, probably you can take that definitely for like in a year, few years, like you could probably go to LA because apparently that's a lot of what happens as well. Different shows, even CBC shows are just written in LA, even though they're like for CBC or for the Canadian audience. Like I think the guy Sid Baroness von sketch, a lot of that is written in LA. Mm, So interesting. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, yeah, it seems like LA is kind of where you need to be if you want to yeah, really right. skyrocket in this industry. Yeah, but I'm fine here for now. I like <laughs> the East. And I mean, everyone still right now is all zooming because it's COVID season. So LA or not, we're yeah. all zooming anyways. Exactly. I can make my background LA. I'll be there virtually. Yeah, this ain't my kitchen. It's a good background. <laughs> uh, about Toronto, too. Um, is there anything you wish someone would have told you before you moved to Toronto? Um, well, you prepared me really well. Actually, I have to, like, shout you out, Lucas, because Lucas went jacket shopping with me. I was so, uh, so anxious about the weather, and Lucas spent, oh, like, yeah. three, four hours with me trying to pick the perfect coat. And I was so indecisive and I felt so bad. And then finally I found one after, but um, I know you prepared me well for the cold. So I was ready for that. True. I, I honestly think everyone here has been so friendly and I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> like I get really uncomfortable when people are really nice to me. And so like people have been so friendly and helpful and welcoming. And I'm like, I don't know how to reciprocate. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. Like when I was stuck here, uh, for quarantine, the first couple of weeks, one of my coworkers sent me a little care package Aww. to my oh, house, that's... and I was like, "Wow!" She's like, I know, and she's like, "I know you're alone without your family." I'm like, "Wow!" <laughs> and I just that is so nice. Yeah, and I was like, "Wow!" I'm never going back to Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like the cynical side of me wants to think it's like Dwight Schrute handing out bagels. You owe me one. <laughs> you owe me one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Maybe, maybe that's the situation. Oh, playing the long I... game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think just uh the, the friendliness. That's what I would have wanted to be prepared for so I'd know how to deal with it. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll um we'll make sure you know how to be nice back. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Right? It's weird coming from Vancouver. It's like, well, you only just ha- don't, doesn't everybody just hang out with their high school friends? I thought that was the only thing we did. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. Ugh, Vancouver. <laughs> uh, I like how we, all of us, all of us all, are like, yeah. oh. <laughs> so that's, that's totally, yeah, we could totally get, get that. Um, mm-hmm. Have you, have you found like you're taking advantage of the time now to like write more or? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've written, well, so I wrote um, a couple of specs. One was for um, What We Do in the Shadows. One was for Bless This Mess. I attempted a Dave spec, and I was like, I'm not even going to touch this because I can't. Um, And I, the one I wrote for Bless This Mess, which is a very funny show. You guys should watch it if you haven't. But um, it was exactly like the finale. But obviously their version was so much better than what I had written. So I was like, well... That, so this is what the, the headspace you guys caught me in. So I was like, well, I quit. I quit writing. Wait, so did you write it and then you watched it? And yeah. And you realized it was, okay. 
because it hadn't come out yet. And I was like, what, what are the odds that this story, I mean, it was a pregnancy story. So of course they were going to do something big like that for the finale. I should have known. I'm just, so now I'm quitting to be a mime and um, yeah. Oh, well then, you know, don't. There we are. There we are. For our uh, audio listeners, right now she is miming. Yeah, oh yeah, a, sorry. <laughs> a box, a box within the box that she's in. That's is, so meta. I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> if you can please what write for Will Ferrell one day, please. Oh my! I would, I would, I wouldn't be able to because I'd be like, no, I can't. This is this is the issue. This is the issue. If I could buy confidence, mm. then I feel like my life would be a lot better. You can buy confidence. Can you? Do you know what other stores? Um, I, I mean, you can just take ecstasy. Hmm. I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> half joking, half not, you know. <laughs> You're going to get me fired from my job. for Oh, shit. Oh, shit. My bad, my bad, CBC. Okay. All right, back to PG things. Okay. Um, about like one of the last two questions I have, but like, what has this quarantine taught you about yourself? Um, I actually didn't realize how patient I was. Like, I have a few of my friends and like my boyfriend, they're, I think they're really struggling with it. Mm. And they're just like, I think it's because I... I'm just kind of a normally antisocial person. So I like being inside. Like I'm very introverted and so I like recharging. And so this has been like, like my batteries are fully charged and I'm loving it. Um, So yeah, I think I didn't know I was this patient. And I mean, I've had moments of panic where I'm like, shit, I'm never going to work again. And what am I going to do with my life? And am I going to die of this virus? But um, Yeah. Oh my I've God. been okay. I've been okay waiting it out. And I think I'll be okay for another few months, hopefully. It's so true, though, Z, because, like, I woke up a few times. Because I'm working, like, 7 a.m. shifts now. Oh, like, God. I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm 32 working at a grocery store. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with Nothing that. Nothing wrong with that. But it's so, like, divergent from, like, where I thought my aspirations would lie. But it's just these things take time and, and patience is to your skill. It's a, it's a really big, big benefit. It's a big virtue to have. It is. And I think it's a big part of this industry too. Like Chelsea Handler has a really good bit about this where um, she was like vying for some sort of competition or something. And then um, her friend, she brought her friend along and her friend won and Chelsea was really upset about that. She's like, when is it going to be my time? And that's what she realized in that she was like, you know what? It's, your time comes when it's when it's ready for you so yeah and it may never come you don't know yeah <laughs> just setting people's expectations <laughs> and my own <laughs> no no it's so true so true sometimes maybe your kids or the next generation because you'll inspire someone else maybe it's it'll be their time yeah yeah, yeah. exactly moses never got to the promised land no, he didn't. Yeah, did you he? know, you know who did? Josh. Josh, Josh got did. to the promised land. Yeah, Joshua, Joshua made it. You did. I did. They made, they wrote a book about it. So. Yeah, the book. Oh my gosh. And Josh. that's what we call a callback because we are a Christian <laughs> podcast. Yeah, it's right, a two, I'm it's sorry. Two thousand year old callback. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm ignorant. I don't know <laughs> Bible stuff. I only know the Book of Satan. Does he actually have one? I don't know. Oh. Okay. There I, must be there must be a satanic code. I'm a I'm a bad yeah. satanist. I've heard I've heard a lot about those, but true, I haven't heard any actual definitive verses or like or anything like that. So maybe they got to work on their marketing. I think that's their main issue. Maybe I'll write it. Mm, yes, that's... write write a horror comedy satanic bible. That works. Okay, that's my new project. That, that's what. That's what's up. Yeah, oh, man. Like, I'm sure you've seen the movie Hereditary, right? Yes. Okay, so like, there's like, you know, many like mini demons that you can write books on, like like Payman's already written on, but like, 
just imagine you can get showered by coins one day from like I would love that. Yeah. Oh my god. Aspirations though. Maybe you can do a niche. Yeah, I think so. Awesome. Uh Josh, <laughs> do you have any questions or anything? Um nothing particular but i do i do want to mention something like i didn't realize this but i also have a connection with uh zlatina who uh george george mohan yeah he took pictures of me oh he took pictures of me (laughs) and he took pictures of you too so like that's why i thought it's like yeah the name sounded familiar when like lucas mentions like where have i seen him before and then it's like oh yeah george uh had both of us as muses so oh my gosh oh that's that's the one thing I yeah I thought that was interesting small 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 world. world George is an amazing photographer everyone should Google his name George Mohan photography George George Mohan I will give him a sh- will give him a shout out yeah and do it he's, he's a longtime supporter of the pod so that's Aww. Cool. Um, he's the best he actually he did uh stills on my first short what we do what we do in the shadows (laughs) (laughs) my first short film uh no um the things i couldn't say uh so he shot that yeah and he took some amazing behind the scenes stills yeah he's uh it's funny like within uh him and uh some of my other friends that are also close friends with him it's like we've been telling him to come out to toronto as well Mm. Uh, but like i think he's saving up he was saving up to make the move and now with all this happening it's like that that plan's getting pushed back as well so well we'll be ready for him when he comes yeah we've been telling him everything's laid out for him out here so all he has to do is come come to the promised land that is toronto (laughs) you're the promised land josh anywhere you go it's where we all go everyone Uh, follows Everybody did follow, so. <laughs> Where are we going next? <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't know. Eventually to LA, right? Am I right? Because that's the whole point of uh, have we made it yet is to be able to do this and say yes and say it in LA. So. Or Antarctica, because there's no COVID there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We could bring it. We could bring it to them. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not the penguins. We're here. Bring it to them. Um, Oh my God, uh, Z, do you have? Uh, I remember uh, your Dear Diaries web series. Yeah. Did you want to throw that pitch out there? Yeah, we did this a couple years ago, but it's my favorite thing I've done. So if anyone wants to see what I'm all about or what 16 year old me was all about, um, it's my actor friend Chris McRonnie, who's also my producing partner. Um, he's doing dramatic readings of my childhood diaries. Awesome. And they can find that where on YouTube? Oh, on YouTube, yeah. Um, If they search Little Z Productions, Dear Diary, they'll find it, hopefully. Only like 100 people have seen the videos. (laughs) Yeah, well, hopefully we'll get them to 101. Yeah, let's get more views. Yeah. Between (laughs) you and I, 100 views is like 10 times more than what this podcast is getting right now. Hey, hey, our our episode one from two months ago win over a hundred okay nice Bless, blessings nice two and, a, two and a half months but you know what yeah it's a starting process exactly, exactly. and uh where can people find you on social media z um geez i always forget my little z handle one second i have okay. to look up i have to look myself up because my other account's private uh little z productions ah uh, yes, yes little l-i-t-t-l-e z-e-e productions that's on instagram and that's where i am i think i'm on twitter but i don't go on twitter hmm. so yeah cool and uh yeah we'll add all those to when the the podcast comes out so we'll make cool. sure we'll have the, the cross promotion yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, for any of the listeners, you could follow me on uh, Josh Yang Comedy, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And uh, hopefully once that, that video gets like finished, edited, and produced and put out there on YouTube, uh, finally, the world will be able to see an actual set from Josh Yang. So I can't wait. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Lucas John Ng. And also um, follow our podcast at H-W-M-I-Y podcast on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Forget yeah, it. I forgot it. Dude. Uh, 
Uh, so again, HWMIY podcast on Instagram and also find us on YouTube at Have We Made It Yet? But Have We Made It Yet podcast. Yeah. If you're already watching, then I'm sure you're already on YouTube anyways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So thanks for listening to episode 13. And for Zeke. Thanks, guys. 13 is one of my favorite numbers, so I lucked out. There we are. Okay. Nice. See you later. All right. See you guys Bye. next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 